Welcome to the It's Become a Whole Thing podcast with me, your host, Emily Rose, where we take a subversive look at all the celebrity gossip you want and some you never knew you needed. We'll take a deep dive into the hidden meanings of what's really going on in the world of pop culture, because here we contain multitudes and read between the lines. Join me. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the It's Become a Whole Thing podcast. I'm your host, Emily Rose. How are we doing this week? How is everybody feeling? It's it's feeling a little extra crazy in the world right now. And I was reminded by that when I was walking my dog the other night and I looked into this living room and they had the lights on and no curtains. And I looked over and they had a Christmas tree just lit up. It was lushly decorated and <laughs> and plugged in. And I just thought, you know what? <laughs> We're all really struggling out here. (laughs) Or maybe there's some people that, you know, cruising on through this time and the last few years in general, but for, I would say probably the majority of us, we're, we're going through it. We're doing our best. We're finding our silver linings, but me and whoever had this lit up Christmas tree (laughs) in May, uh, you know, we're, uh, we're having a bit of a time. I don't know if everybody has gotten more unhinged with the last couple of years, or if they're just more leaning into being unhinged and not really hiding it anymore. I've never been of the belief that there's any true sane people in this world. So it's kind of nice that we're just letting it all hang out. You know, that's the good part of all the, the fuckery that's going on in the world. I have a really special guest on this week. I have Kelly Williams from Laguna Biatch and the wildly successful Beyond the Blinds. And It's special for a few reasons. I mean, so as far as Beyond the Blinds, Kelly and Troy McKeady launched their podcast in the summer of 2021, so slightly less than a year ago. Uh, But a year ago, I was very much trying to get my life set up in a new city. I was here, but most things were very shut down and it was very hard to land and then also do anything or meet people. So I've always loved podcasts, but during that time, the podcast I listened to took on a new level of importance as sort of like this social life proxy. And Kelly and Troy's combo of banter and just cutting right to the ugly truth of the matter of Hollywood, celebrity life, pop culture, all of that was just what I needed to keep me sane. They put it all out there and they say a lot of things that some of us are too scared to say. And by some of us, I mean mean me, (laughs) but they say it, they let it all out there. So all of that made me especially happy when Kelly agreed to do the podcast. Kelly and I recorded our interview a few weeks ago. We dissect some blinds. We also get into child stars and all the sort of details that go along with that. So, so I'll have timestamps and content warnings as always in the episode description. If you want to skip ahead for any of that, I got to talk about some blinds. We got to get into the Laguna Biatch of it all and some 2000s nostalgia. And we got to talk about what it's like for her to be at the center of this world of people that are peeling off the lid of so many well-kept secrets within Hollywood and so many things that people within the industries have known for forever, but now it's, it's becoming mainstream. And so she's part of that movement. And so Shannon of Fluently Forward and Demois, of course, but as far as Demois goes, it's feeling quite infiltrated at this point by a lot of advertisements and PR. There's a lot of so-called blinds that are very clearly written by someone's publicist and or their ads for products without really admitting to it. And, you know, it doesn't taint the whole thing, but 
for me, it does a little bit if we're being completely honest here. And Kelly and Troy have taken the complete opposite approach. They have, even through all their podcast success, they've kept it independent so that they can speak their truth on their terms, exactly how they want to without compromising that. And I respect that so much. So I hope you guys enjoy this conversation as much as I did. And I will have the Patreon up on Wednesday. It'll be with me and Sam talking about, we're going to get into some pop culture stuff as of late that I do not have the constitution to put out to the general public. So that'll be up on Wednesday. If you would like to support the podcast, I would love if you could give me a five-star review and subscribe and download the episode if you can. And I'll I'll speak for any podcaster who's uh, afraid to self-promote because you guys know I'm shameless. If there's ever a podcast that you like, doing those things helps immensely. Before I had a podcast, I always heard people saying that. And I I knew vaguely that there was some positivity to it, but being on this side of the looking glass, I see my God, it, it is incredibly helpful and incredibly appreciated. So for those of you who have already done it, thank you. And so without further ado, let's get into today's episode. All right. And we're back with Kelly Williams of Laguna Biatch and Beyond the Blinds. How's it going, Kelly? Good, good. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited. I'm so excited. Beyond the Blinds has been so key in helping me get through the ongoing craziness of the last couple of years. It's been so amazing to watch it go from starting out to just in the blink of an eye, seeing you guys killing it on tour. Thank you. Yeah, it took us by surprise. When Troy and I started it, it was more just like, let's see what happens. And then it was like, oh, we have to like really lean into this now. Yeah. I mean, was it started as kind of a side project? I think maybe I I thought like Troy had said something about that at some point. Yeah. So basically what happened is Troy and I have separate podcasts. He has Dunzo. I have Nostalgia in now, which is on a break. It might, it'll come back eventually. But so I called him one night in July and we'd been going back and forth about creating a podcast. We didn't know what it was going to be. And I was like, we need to do this podcast. Like we're silly not to at this point. People love when he came on my podcast. He got really good like feedback when I was on his. And then we just decided to make it about blind items because we were kind of like pop culture is just so broad and we both talk about it on our separate podcasts. So why not do this thing that we kind of like dabble with in our own podcasts? And within like two or three months, honestly, it just exploded. And we were just like, oh my God. (laughs) (laughs) Well, people just have a thirst for for blinds. And also I think just like a deeper look at celebrity culture, you know, yeah, like, for sure. um, it, you know, it's interesting, you know, just with like your handle and your account Laguna Biatch, it just makes me think back to like the two thousands where it, it's this very nostalgic time, but it's this time of complete superficiality, right? They're just kind of feeding us these glossy constructed messages. And we're like, okay, yep. That's what's happening. I guess my friend, Hannah Brown summed up the early two thousands in the best way possible. She was like, it's trauma wrapped in juicy couture. <laughs> exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It traumatized us all. It gave us sparkly outfits to wear. It's so funny you'd say that because I was clothes shopping this week and there was this whole line of juicy couture, like from the brand, they had made this resurgence of these track suits. I had never owned one at the time and I'd always wanted to. And I think just to relive this early 2000s fantasy, I tried one on and I looked so ridiculous. I'm like, what am I? (laughs) 
I'm like, I think I just wanted to see for a second what it would look like to see the sparkly, juicy rhinestones on my butt. (laughs) I get it. I totally understand. (laughs) But now it's cool because people's eyes are a bit more open. You can't really pull the wool over people's eyes so much with spoon feeding the stuff that's worked for the last couple of decades. And it seems like you guys, the things that people are tiptoeing to, you're like going to like take the lid right off. Yeah. We do get nervous sometimes because people have stands and they're a big, big fan of Ariana Grande. They're probably not going to like our Ariana Grande. We just did a Lana Del Rey episode. People were really upset about it. But say if you said you're a Taylor Swift fan, right? Yes. I'm a big Swifty with a asterisk in that I'm also pretty critical of her and I'm obsessed with her. Yeah. So say if like someone hates Taylor Swift, right? And we do an episode and there's like a mean blind or something. People are going to believe that because they don't like her. But if they're an Ariana Grande fan and we say a bad blind, they're like, she would never. It's funny you say Ariana Grande because for her, I'm a big fan of her music, but I purposefully don't go digging. She's the one celebrity that I just, I kind of turned a blind eye to because I I know she's problematic, but I just don't even want to break the illusion and dig in. But why would I be mad at people who do? You're just explaining what's there. It's what they've done, not you guys. I know. And it's kind of funny. Troy and I have to remind people, we're like, we do not write these blind items. We are just relaying these (laughs) blind items. We don't write them. It's literally the definition of killing the messenger. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I was saying off mic that I got a little taste of what you and Troy are on the receiving end of with Beyond the Blinds because I did a little bit of content about Nick and Priyanka on TikTok and who boy, the amount of anger and intensity that was directed at me. I, it was kind of my first time experiencing that over something that was really unexpected. I'm just there to make observations. Anyone in the entertainment sphere is everyone's just a bunch of clowns. It's not that serious. Yeah. But I mentioned your pod and there was so much positive feedback, but also people get very charged. What's that been like being on the receiving end of just so much feedback? Honestly, I will not read reviews just because it's not good for me. I read a few when we first started and I was like, if I go down this rabbit hole, it's going to be bad. You need to teach me your ways because I read the comments and it (laughs) does bad things for my mental health. (laughs) TikTok is so different. I'm on TikTok very like not really on TikTok. I'm a little on TikTok. But Troy and I have talked about it and we were like, we will not do that to ourselves because, you know, we're behind a mic and they can slide into my DMs or whatever. But like, I might never see them. But On TikTok, that's a different beast because your face is right there. And I don't know. It's so much different. It's so different. So I actually, I give you a lot of credit because Troy and I are like, people tell us all the time. They're like, go on TikTok. We're like, no. (laughs) I don't know. Like, it's not for everyone. And I'm sensitive. I'm like, what am I, what am I doing there sometimes? I, I also have fun with it. But at the same time, yeah, there's nothing like getting a response video and seeing your face up there saying something that I consider pretty innocuous and having someone go on like a full three minute rant about how horrible it is. Yeah, that would be really hard for me to deal with. I think people know how Troy and I run the podcast. We always joke we're the Grim Reapers. So, (laughs) you know, if you are listening to Beyond the Blinds, we're going to be rough. (laughs) (laughs) You know, 
you guys walk so so many people can run like you're bold and like you're saying oh we're behind a microphone but that microphone is reaching a lot of people you know even if you say oh I don't read the comments you still are aware of the general response to it and so people also are just not really ready to face the truth yeah you're just dating a lot of truths that many people are ready to hear many people they can't hang they're allegedly they're not truths it's all alleged okay Emily (laughs) (laughs) and lies and 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 fabrications and slander yeah it's all just everything's alleged take it for what you will that's how I start all the beyond the blind podcast Mm -hmm. but then we get so many like positive messages so that's what I try and focus on like I even know Troy told me that our listeners like made a subreddit and I will never step foot in that subreddit like I will never read that I don't read reviews our dms I'll go into our dms because usually they're not like awful but Troy's really good at responding to negative things so I let Troy deal with it I'm like Troy I need your help (laughs) yeah I have some stock troll responses that when I'm in like a cheeky mood, it's usually not a good idea. So I try to stay away, but that's what it is to put yourself out on the internet. And even if you say you're harsh, I think you guys manage to, you do it with a compassionate lens. You're not there to like cackle at people's downfall unless they're a horrible person and they deserve it. Yeah, we really do try. Like we just did a Ben Affleck episode and he's one of my least favorite celebrities of all time. (laughs) But like by the end, I actually kind of like felt bad for him. Yeah. So we really do try to see like the human side of celebrity too, if that makes sense. I I had the same thing happen where I tend to say Justin Bieber is evil and <laughs> I, 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 that's a very strong statement, but I, I've said that kind of jokingly, kind of not. And then we did this Justin Bieber deep dive a little while ago. And by the end, just seeing like where he grew up and how little guidance he has and like how it just seems like he's never really had a friend in his yeah, life. Yeah, for sure. I, I was like, okay, I feel the most sympathy I've ever felt for him. It's like hurt people, hurt people. We always try and say like two things can be true, right? Like you can feel bad for Justin Bieber, but also see that he doesn't treat people great. Yeah, exactly. Maybe, yeah, maybe people don't like being reminded of that humanity. I mean, it's the same for me. Like I try to be a good person, but I'm also rotted, as you guys say. (laughs) I was thinking back to Laguna Beach and the hills and that's where you launch. And for me, I kind of glossed over that part of TV because at the time I was truly just watching the trash, like your shot at love with Tila Tequila, your Jersey short, people just like drinking and punching each other. And the hills was not horrific and trashy enough for me. Well, I mean, growing up watching JWoww, that is, why the way I was in my early 20s. I get it. There, there's nothing like the first season of that show. It's incredible, you know, and I love trash TV too. I mean, Laguna Beach was always just kind of like my sweet spot. And then I made the page as kind of a joke and then it took off. I don't know, like the cast started talking to me and I started doing interviews with them and it just became a really cool thing that has grown into something that I'm really proud of. Yeah, well, and it's cool too because there is such a 2000s nostalgia right now. Do you think that that's because we're on this like 20 year cycle of fashion and culture? Do you think there's something more to that of why people are so drawn to that time at the moment? You know, I think honestly, there's like so much shit in the world all the time now. And it just brings you back to a simpler time. Even watching Laguna Beach, I was with a friend this past weekend and she's like, I want to watch Laguna Beach with you. I'm like, please, let's not watch Laguna Beach. But she put it on. And you know, you're watching these people who, and there's not, I'm not trying to say there's anything wrong with fillers or plastic surgery, but you're watching like natural people on TV, whether you think it was scripted or not. These are the people you grew up with, you know? 
Yeah, no, it's comforting. And like, you know, I'm not against plastic surgery. But yeah, you do forget when you're watching in like 4K, these tight faces. <laughs> it's easy to forget like what a normal face looks like yeah. on TV. They all have to like catch up. I feel bad for anyone who's had to just be on TV in the world of HD and 4K. How would you not go down that route? I know for sure. But it's fluff and we do need more of that. I mean, Right now, I kind of see the equivalent as selling Sunset. Yeah. Well, the Adam DeVello does that. He's the creator of the Hills and Laguna Beach. So that's why you love it. Okay, perfect. Yes, yes. And yeah. there is something so 2000s about a bunch of women in their little cocktail dresses, lightly pretending to work and like kind of bickering, but nothing's really happening. And just a lot of tense music. And a lot of stares, a lot of stares <laughs> from across like the office, just dirty looks. That's all the Hills is. It's like three lines, then a dirty look with like black eyed peas in the background. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's, it's incredible. Like it's like the beautiful person equivalent of like watching paint dryer. Yeah. That's so oh, funny. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Yeah. Nothing ever happens. So I wasn't a big fan of the Hills at the time, but what I've loved since is watching Heidi and Spencer's social media presence since then. Are you keeping track? So Spencer blocked me like right when I started my account. He said I was too big of a Lauren fan for him to deal with because, all right, can I go on a Lauren Comrade rant really quick? Absolutely. Because she gets so much shit now because people are like, you know, she was controlling. She wanted to like control her friends, which she did. You know, she did want Heidi to not be with Spencer and stuff like that. But I was like, she was 20 or 21. When the show ended, she was only like 23. We were all monsters back then. Yeah. And she, and she's barely even, even in the most harsh, you know, read of her, I could barely call her a monster. Like she's just, she's just there. So many people are just like, she was so controlling and such a bitch. I'm like, maybe, but she was also 21. I mean, as someone who gets psychotically protective of my friends, like I get it. And she was barely even, and she was barely even that. I know. I always say I'm the Lauren friend. Oh yeah. No, for sure. Okay. So you're there to balance that out. Yeah. It bugs me, I guess. Like I see on TikTok a lot, people hating on Lauren and I'm like Laguna Lauren. Okay. I get it. I'm not Hills Lauren. Come on. Yeah. She, no, she's fine. I mean, to me, she was meant to be an everyman, kind of like a blank canvas that you could project yourself onto of like this protagonist who's just there and you you can sort of ascribe qualities to her. hundred percent, hundred percent. Because, okay. So present day Spencer was not a fan of this. No. So (laughs) (laughs) sorry, that was so harsh. I'm like, no, 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 that's fair. I mean, it's not even like I'm a huge fan, but I just watch him living this life. He has hummingbirds. He has like these hummingbirds that he draws to him. He sells crystals. He kind of seems in on the joke. Oh yeah. Yeah. So I enjoy that. I also just find it funny. Like Heidi is in this raw meat phase. Yeah. I don't know what you'd call that primal diet. She's like, this is great for my gut health. And it's just her eating a raw steak out of a like Ziploc bag. Yeah. I can't get behind that. That's so gross. I just live for that type of unhinged behavior. That's fair. I, I get why people like Heidi and Spencer. I totally understand. Yeah. I, I guess I don't even know if like is as much <laughs> of a, this is where the rotted comes out in me because her unapologetically on Hollywood Boulevard eating this raw steak. I'm like, I can't, I just, it's like a train crash. Like I can't look away from. That's so funny. Yeah. I would like to bring it to the present world. I want to talk Kravis. My baseline is just like default, always either going back to like the Kardashians or Taylor Swift. Oh yes. They're always doing something. Troy and I always, have you seen Men in Black? 
Yes. We always say they have that thing that mind erases people. A bad thing will happen. Then they use their Kardashian like mind eraser thing and just pumble us with so many things that we forget about the bad thing that happened. Yeah, it's true. It's funny because I think we just do that to ourselves. I see celebrities doing horrific things every day and no one faces the consequences for it, it seems, except for occasionally women, really, realistically. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. I completely agree. And I just don't know how people like everyone seems to hate them, but everyone seems to still love them. It's really weird. There's just something about just how vapid they are. I always think that maybe it just reflects back parts of us that either not ready to face or that like reminds us of ourselves for better or for worse. Like there's everyone has some element of like vanity or superficiality, but they just like put it out so intensely and so in your face that it, it, You can't help but have a reaction, Mm -hmm. especially Kravis. They're a lot. They are (laughs) a lot. I feel like them like sucking each other's tongue on the red carpet is like an attack directly at me at this point. (laughs) And then I got so annoyed. I mean, when they first announced that they maybe got married, I was like, oh, that's actually really cool that they did that with no cameras. Like, good for them. And then they were like, it was just practice. I was like, shut the fuck up. Oh, we're going to get eight weddings. (laughs) I can't do it. I can't do it. (laughs) Well, I'll talk about it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, something really terrible and toxic about me is that like, I don't mind Kravis, which as I'm saying that I can't even believe those words are coming out of my mouth, but I think I just have such disdain for Scott Disick. I'm okay with this happening. You know, speaking of celebrities not dealing with consequences for him to just run through these like girls that are like barely 18 you know, just past their 18th birthday and he dates them until they're 21, doing that like over and over. I just want him to get his day in court, which it doesn't seem like he's going to. It seems like he's going to continue to fail upwards. And Chris, Chris and the gang is going to drag him along. At least now he has to see Courtney with a man, a real man. Yeah. I don't, it's weird. Cause I, I do kind of like Courtney and Travis. It's just like the whole, like always all over each other thing that bugs me. And sometimes I'm like, am I just I'm like, am I just prude? <laughs> it doesn't seem normal to kiss with your tongues outside of your mouth. Like to just do that on a regular basis. But that's their thing. Like that's their red carpet thing. You know, we want you to see it all. And it's like, yeah, okay. We've seen like the up the butt shots that you guys do on the boat, on the beach, in the studio. We, we get it. You fuck. Yeah. And, and I'm like, and, can I swear on your podcast? Of I didn't course, of course. Ask. Any day now, it seems like it's just going to happen on camera. But like, yeah, we're... <laughs> I think for me, I guess I just feel like they're going through this big midlife crisis and just finally dating someone. They're they're both dating someone that they actually like for the first time in their life, it seems. Which yeah. is funny. Again, I'm I'm usually so critical of the Kardashians. I don't think anything they're doing is real, but I think Shanna Mochler, like Travis's ex, was genuinely a really like terrible, you know, marriage and and Scott, of course. So I, I think they're just like finding happiness in their 40s so they're that they're that couple in high school that everyone knew who was like you know making out against lockers and everyone just had to like walk you know walk around them in the hallway you're like excuse me can I get into my locker unfortunately I'll be watching their show so I'm gonna see a lot more of them I I'm sure I'll be sick with them by tomorrow and I'll, I'll take this all back um everything they do for me is publicity but I don't think I mean I think what Courtney and Travis did was for publicity, like the Vegas thing. But I think they're a real couple. You know, I don't think Pete and Kim are. There's nothing that will make me think that. Um, Same. Yeah. 
do you hear from people that that are upset and think it's real? Because I do, and I'm like, I think our followers kind of like, or like people who listen to the podcast and will like DM with us, kind of know it's not. But someone mm-hmm. did DM us, and they were like, you know, I'm starting to think it's real. And I was like, that's because their show's coming out next week. That's why you're thinking real. Yeah, and and also too, to me, if someone is really resolved to being like, I just want to believe it's real. I don't care about the actual truth. I'm like, that's fine because we all watch movies. We all watch rom-coms and we suspend, you know, our disbelief. We know that it's a made up plot. We're still enjoying the movie. I'm like, so then treat it like a rom-com or something. You know, it's that's such a good way of putting it. Well, I'm not here to like destroy this illusion. If this brings you happiness, it's not harming anyone. Sure. Think of it as your own little movie that they're putting on, which they are fabricating this for your entertainment. So it may as well be a movie. I love that. Oh, <laughs> thanks. I, I try to find different ways of engaging with people because sometimes I'll be like, oh, I'm going to talk about this person. And people are like, no, I don't even want to know. I'm like, okay, if you think you're going to be upset, maybe don't tune in. If I say something that's upsetting to you, like throw it away. That's why I always say at the beginning of every episode, I'm like, take what you will from this. Like, if you don't want to believe a blind, don't. And our, I mean, to kind of go back to Beyond the Blinds, our episodes are like so heavily, we read like 30 pages of blinds an episode. Mm -hmm. So we need to just remind people like, this isn't all real. We're reading from this website that was made in like 1998. So web 1.0. I think that people who are listening to this as well are liking to kind of like turn over those truths type Mm -hmm. of audience. Just as I'm not going to believe everything in the media, but I will believe some of it. Same with blinds. And they're they're really no different. Yeah, completely agree. Speaking of blinds, I was thinking about pop culture obsession and how for me now, if people ask me who's my celebrity crush, I'm like, I don't have any. Anyone who I used to admire, they're all ruined or I'm like bracing myself and like waiting for them to be ruined well listen you can have a problematic fave everyone has a problematic fave my problematic fave is Anna Kendrick people are like she's so mean and we read blinds about how awful she was and I'm like I still love her you know, I'm still going to watch her in movies. No, fair. I mean, I said mine. It's Ariana Grande. And I, I know she's troublesome, but I can't. She's had albums come out at key times in my life where I'm just like, these bops are good enough. But you can recognize that she does bad things, but you can also just be like, but I still fuck with her. Yeah, I still fuck with her. Exactly. I think I make excuses for her too, because I know that she came up in the Nickelodeon network. Yeah. And so I don't think she'll ever speak up about that, but I, I don't think you can get out of the Nickelodeon network unscathed. For sure. hundred percent. No, we have an episode about Dan Schneider. Oh, I've listened. Yes. We have a really, really dark episode called the Child Star Bermuda Triangle. Mm-hmm. And it's really heavy. A trigger warning. It's about how these convicted like pedophiles were passed around from station to station. And these people went to jail for like acts against children and they got passed around from like Nickelodeon to Disney. And they didn't have a, um, a law until 2012 that someone who was a registered sex offender could still work with kids on TV shows until 2012. Oh, I just it, went on a rant. I'm sorry. It gets no, me going. No. And you know what? Okay. So for anyone listening, if you somehow haven't come across these, these episodes yet, I'll, I'll put them in the episode description, but they're really important and they are very heavy, but that's what we grew up 
watching without realizing that this was the incredibly horrific like underside of that and I think it's important to know like this is it's important to just have your childhood ruined piece by piece (laughs) you know Troy will ruin your childhood I will ruin your crush that's how we do it (laughs) you're the perfect tag team you're like the devil and the devil on each shoulder (laughs) we're both rotted (laughs) okay but the thing is too once again you're not involved with Dan Schneider you're just talking about what Dan Schneider does, which that's important reporting. You guys are doing the Lord's work in terms of bringing attention to these things. Because if you said something like, like when you talk about this, the Bermuda Triangle episode, if you didn't know about that history, it would almost sound kind of like QAnon-y. We get that a lot. And the thing is, it's not. It's real. It's it's dangerous territory. You know, the Q anon people will be like well where are opinions real but it's like you know you look at the michael jackson documentary you look at all these different documentaries from all these different pretty reputable networks they're all basically saying the same thing that there wasn't protection in place for these children who were working mm-hmm. and it was really irresponsible parents sending them off or parents that didn't have the means to yeah. supervise. So it wasn't people coming from good and supportive places and there was no laws calling attention to that probably helps with just like, I'm sure there's, there has to be some lingering elements of that still in place today. Yeah, there has to be. There's no doubt. I mean, look at poor like Millie Bobby Brown and being a child star is rough and the way way we're we're going about it is we're trying to be like you know Amanda Bynes isn't crazy Amanda Bynes was raised under Dan Schneider you know yeah Yeah, exactly and yeah and and with the Millie Bobby Brown like I listened to that episode and it was like I found her quite obnoxious and then I listened to that episode and I was just like oh my god she's a child first of all what am I doing judging her like what's wrong with me first of all and second of all like she's just been fed to the wolves basically Yeah. It's nuts. It's so crazy. And like some of our episodes, we just recorded one last night. We usually record to like midnight because we do two episodes of recording. And I was up and I was like, what the fuck? I mean, I'll tell you, it's going to be a Patreon episode, but um, it was James Franco. Oh, And yeah, yeah. I won't go into the blinds or anything. Nobody needs to hear that unless you want to listen to it. But after that episode, I was like, that was heavy. That was like a really, really, like some episodes, I'm just like, I need to like take a walk. That's how I felt where I went to do this Justin Bieber deep dive. And then it kind of led to like, okay, now I need to get into Hillsong. Now I need to get into Scooter Braun. And by the end, I was like, yeah, I need to walk my dog and just like look at flowers. It's so depressing. It was actually kind of funny. At, I think it was our live New York show. Someone asked us, they were like, you know, some episodes you do are really heavy. How do you decompress? And we were kind of like, Oh, we don't. <laughs> we just, we're just like, that'll come out later in therapy. Yeah, yeah. I was just about to say. <laughs> Sometimes I'm like talking to my therapist about this and I'm like, it sounds like this totally fabricated world. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it is a lot. I actually wanted to ask on the positive side, Kind Blinds. What's the celebrity that you've been the most pleasantly surprised by? For anyone who doesn't know, Kind Blinds, are it's kind of self-descriptive, but it's blinds that describe really positive actions that celebrities are doing without bringing attention to. Honestly, our Ben Affleck episode, he had like four or five kindness blinds. And we're usually lucky if we get one in an episode. Anna Kendrick had a few, which I was kind of like, yeah, okay, everybody. <laughs> like, <See>? take that. Yeah. <laughs> Look, she's charitable. <laughs> And then like Emma Stone is supposedly really, really nice. Nice. Those are the three that come to mind. I don't usually look for kindness blinds to be (laughs) Yeah, no, fair enough. Could I ask why Ben Affleck is your least favorite celebrity or one of your least favorite celebrities? Nothing sticks to him. Nothing ever sticks to him. I mean, 
I guess Harvey Weinstein was so wrapped up in Hollywood in general, right? Mm-hmm. But they were like best buddies. You know what I mean? And then the thing that happened with like Hillary Burton when she came out and said he groped her like on live television and he was just kind of like, oh, I didn't even realize I did. Or like just nothing sticks to him. He cheated on Jen Garner like crazy. He cheated on J-Lo, but people don't want to remember that. And now everyone's like, oh, they're back together. They're true love. I'm like, no. It just, nothing sticks to him. And it really, it really bothers me. I guess See, that that's like. It. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, as you're saying this, I'm realizing, yeah, like I get so razzle dazzled by all of his like Dunkin' Donuts photo shoots, <laughs> all of his haggard smoking photos. That was like a men in black, like little blinder moment yeah. to me. And he'll be the first celebrity to call the paparazzi and then the first celebrity to flip off the paparazzi. You know, it's like, dude, you're calling them. Watch you pick up Dunkin' Donuts because you know it's going to go viral. Dunkin' Donuts pays you. And then people are like, leave them alone. Like, let him get his Dunkin' Donuts. It's like, he's calling these people for money. It's like he's just sulking in a crowded room. And then when people ask what's wrong, he's like, I don't want to talk about it. He's like, leave me alone. I, I, I'm just, he drives. And then even he's a gambling addict. He has talked about his gambling issues. Okay. okay. He's doing gambling commercials. I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> I think, I think, yeah. I think he's someone who will never know peace. Probably. When my voice goes up that octave, I mean, I'm getting going. <laughs> I try to keep as much heat on myself as I apply to these celebrities. Like I, I come across these like unconscious biases where I have, where like, I'm like, oh my God. Yeah, he did do all those shitty things and he did grope Hillary Burton and he did cheat on everyone. But yeah, and it's like, but then he's one of those celebrities who like, I guess during the pandemic, it was just kind of bugging me all the polished, we're so happy, like walks with our dog, kind of like thing, like photo shoots that celebrities were doing, all those paparazzi walks that for me seeing him like just taking a drag of a cigarette and just looking like he's completely falling apart. I was like, thank you. He's great for memes. He's a great meme person. I mean, anyone with like a giant uh, Phoenix full back tattoo (laughs) in like 2022 who like stands alone in the ocean is memeable. But (laughs) yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. It's funny too. It it is funny how he's being paid by Dunkin' Donuts for all those like, I mean, maybe I'll post some of those photos. I'm sure anyone listening has seen those photos where he's just like grabbing the Dunkin' Donuts and all of his Amazon packages. I love that Dunkin' Donuts would sign off on that. Oh, yeah. I'm from Massachusetts. I love Dunkin' Donuts more than most, but I would never eat that every day. <laughs> <laughs> is it is it a Massachusetts chain? I think it, it's, it started in Massachusetts. Like, you will go to one town. My town had like 11,000 people. Okay. And there were, pro- so that's like kind of a smaller town, right? And there were four Dunkin' Donuts in my town. <laughs> I know you've probably answered this on your podcast, but what got you like into TikTok and blind items? Um, I mean, I've always studied pop culture. Like mm-hmm. since I was a kid and it was in the newspaper, it kind of graduated to like Perez Hilton during that <laughs> dark time. But that's when I was coming of age. All the like when he used to like draw on their faces and stuff. Oh, for and, sure. Yeah, and, I know exactly. Yeah. But at the same time, like I also like psychology and body language. And it just seems so clear when people just are not being truthful or if there's just marketing at hand. So it just kind of like naturally has led into blinds. And so 
I, I was just going back to the whole like kind blinds and like, I'm kind of the same way where I don't necessarily look for that. But to be fair to both of us, there isn't really that much of that out there. No, people will ask for like kindness episodes and we can't do that. So how we search, there's like a whole database we use. And when we search through it, we go by names. So say if we're looking for James Franco, James Franco will pop up. We're not looking for like kindness. It's just whatever blinds come up, we we take them. Like that's yeah. kind of how we do it. And I feel like kindness blinds would maybe be like a half hour show if that. <laughs> You're like, it turns out giving people infinite money and power actually doesn't result in the best behavior. <laughs> they actually are like super villains. <laughs> yeah. I, I wouldn't want to see my life if you gave me that type of access, especially if I was younger. I would not. Oh no. I, I, w- I wouldn't, I, w- I wouldn't have made it out in one piece. No. I, I don't, I don't know how, you know, the Amanda Bynes or the Britney Spears are, are still going or for that matter, like anyone from the Nickelodeon network, they're somehow just having to like be out there living their lives. I loved Amanda Bynes growing up. Like I wasn't a Hillary or Lindsay girl. I was an Amanda girl. When she kind of went through her things that she went through really publicly, I didn't understand it. I was just kind of like, why is she being so crazy? And now, I mean, as I got older, I realized what was happening, but it's nice that as a society, as a whole, we can now look at her and be like, she was a child star who went through a lot. We made her crazy. Like, yeah. And then, you know, I don't think we fully connected all the dots. I certainly didn't, but I'm sure if I had more, more of my thoughts recorded at the time, like everything is like revisited through the lens of history, but I'm sure I would have been a part of that group that was like, oh yeah. Oh, she's being really crazy. Like maybe I guess, I guess it is good that she's kind of being put under these controls. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. I'm always, I have a friend who's often a co-host on the show, Sam. And to me, like the most impressive, but in 2008, she wrote this essay about like Britney Spears and Amanda Bynes, like talking about how conservatorships were sexist and wrong. Yeah. She wrote it in university and somehow like was 10 years ahead of everyone. And I made her dig it up and everything was there the whole time. Like everything that we're like coming up with now, it was kind of all that information was out there. I just got chills when you said that. That's crazy. (laughs) I know I should, I should post that sometime. I should put a link to it somehow because it's, it's incredible. And it was, it's in that like old word from like, you know, five versions ago, but oh yeah. yeah. Well, there were a couple whistleblowers. I wasn't one of them, but I'm like, hopefully trying to like make up for lost time. I wanted to know before we wrap up, how has tour life been? Honestly, I become such a psychopath when I go to cities. I won't sleep. I will drink. I will party. And I'm just like, what am I, what is wrong? I'm 30 years old. What am I like doing? Blacking out at TomTom? What the fuck? Are you a psycho or just having a good time? (laughs) I did that with Lex, Lex Nico. I was with her at TomTom and I blacked out. But I don't know. It's just, it's so crazy because I've had Laguna Biatch for almost five years at this point. And there are people who have followed me that long. And now I get to like meet some of them in person. And it's really cool. Everyone has been really nice. Everyone's been really receptive. And the way we're doing it, like I said, um, we usually pull 30 to 40 blinds per episode, like for just the podcast. But for the live show, we'll pull like 20. So it's not so heavy. We won't talk about like a Dan Schneider 
at a at a live show silence in the crowd yeah sometimes I feel like people want that and we're like we don't want you to like be upset leaving <laughs> I think I think people think they want that but then they're like they've had a couple pre-drinks and you're like you're like I'm right. doing you a favor here <laughs> yeah for sure it's so incredible I feel really grateful for being able to do this and the fact people either like love it or hate it it's kind of like Thanks for listening either way. And yeah, I, I've never been to Chicago, so I was able to go there. I've never been to LA. So it was just, it was really, really cool. And it's cool, like our first show was Boston. So a lot of my friends and family were there. I feel really grateful for all of this. It's amazing. And like for the people that hate it, I'm like, there's the Eat Network. You know, there's like, <laughs> there's People this, Magazine. <laughs> this is how I feel. And maybe you should feel this way with like your negative reviews. I'm like, Listen, you got to be your own gatekeeper. If you don't like what I'm putting out, I can't make you stop listening. <laughs> you have to do that. Yeah, you have this available to you. You can hit pause. You don't need to listen. Yeah, you can also access an incredible resource called google.com where you can fact check these things that I'm saying. <laughs> right. It's been like such a crazy ride and I get to meet cool people like you too. You know, I get to do podcasts and talk to everybody who's like into celebrity gossip because growing up, people used to be like, what's wrong with you? And I'd be like, just wait, you'll find out eventually. <laughs> what a like feeling of redemption. A little bit. A little. You're not doing it for the purpose of being like, told you so, but it's also <laughs> like, it's not a bad feeling to be like, well, told you so. Right. <laughs> and I have a feeling that as time goes on, some of the people that had kind of an immediate visceral reaction against this sort of wave of blinds, I think are going to slowly see as it becomes more mainstream, this is what's happening. Yeah. And I just, I think people need to just understand, you know, your favorites are going to do things that you don't like. And that's okay. Like everyone's human. I'm going to say things that will probably get me canceled eventually. I feel like I'm always like on the edge of being canceled, but everybody messes up. It's just what you do with messing up. You know, it's how you handle that. You can't help people's reactions. I think back to this moment where I, I made a joke about wanting to eat my dog's paws. Like I just said, they smell like Fritos. I want to eat them. Like I was, I thought I was being like funny because it was gross, but I was like, I know that, you know, I, I'm not actually going to eat his paws. And I got this response video that was a three minute long video of someone talking about how this is unsanitary. This is bad treatment of my dog. I need to be getting these special products to clean his paws out. And this don't like most animals paws smell like Fritos. Yeah, I know. Also, I'm like, whatever. I'm like, it's winter in Canada. Like it's a slushy place out there. But, but just to say like, that's sort of this extreme example of how it doesn't matter what you say, they'll always be flack. But ultimately there are a lot of people genuinely who build their platform off of being mean, like I'm being edgy and I'm not into that to be edgy for the sake of it. That's not what you're doing. You're, you're having opinions. It's not bland, but it doesn't mean that it's mean. It, it's some just, just is what it is. Yeah. It's reporting. You know, I think of like you and other accounts that are really bringing first wave of bringing blinds to the mainstream. It's a hard pill to swallow, but everyone's watching it like it's on fire. It's kind of the next wave of, I don't know, whatever the opposite of celebrity worship is. Yeah, celebrity. for sure. I completely agree with that. Well, Kelly, this has been so fantastic. I want to thank you so much for chatting and hanging out. Where can people find you? Of course. Thank you for having me. This is so exciting. People can find Beyond the Blinds on any streaming platform. We have a, a private Instagram and then Laguna underscore Biatch is my other Instagram. And if you want to like see chaotic me, Laguna Biatch IG is my Twitter. Yeah. And all that will be linked in the episode description. Oh, awesome. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, thanks for that and see you guys next week. <laughs>